Hey, faith family. Welcome to the Beyond Sunday podcast at Calvary Bible, where we go beyond the Sunday sermon to explore some rabbit holes and to bring some biblical truths to the surface. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Good morning, Calvary Bible Church. I do that every time. It's not morning. Uh, it is afternoon here. Maybe you're watching in the morning. Yeah. Doesn't really matter. I don't, that's, oh, man, if either it's way. At, yeah, <laughs> it's not even morning, but if it was, then that would be an excuse, but maybe they're listening to it in the yeah, morning. Yeah, pro- maybe, hopefully, um, just for the sake of this podcast. Either way, we are here to discuss yeah, the back. sermon. Yeah, welcome, welcome back. Uh, either way, we are here to discuss the, the sermon on Sunday, yesterday. Uh, we were in Matthew chapter four. For those of you who weren't there, and Randy uh, was back in the pulpit preaching, and uh, one of the things that we were talking about and learning about was uh, Jesus's message that he's proclaiming. Uh, I think the three points, if you have them on the paper, it's yep. um, the world we live in, the darkness uh, they're in, and the final point then was the message that we bring. Those were kind of the three main points fleshed out in uh, Matthew chapter four. So there's a few questions that came in, at least one in particular that we're going to talk through, and then. Uh, uh, we have a couple other notes that we want to make. Yeah. Does that work? That sounds good. I have a joke, but I'll save it to the end. Are you sure? So that I can get the last word in this week. Oh, I'm excited. Hopefully it doesn't go over my head again. You're going to get right. extra pay this week, I think, though. We're going to have to start giving you more like, uh, you know, what pieces of the... Podcast? Yeah, podcast. As much as I've been on. All the income that's coming yeah. in from it. We're, I'm you gonna get a bigger piece right. of the pie. I'm getting sponsored, actually, for my recent appearances on here. Are you? Yeah. Who's contacted you? Um, host editors, yeah, host editors, yeah, <laughs> giant staffers. They all want, all they want all want me. a piece of you. That's right. I bet they do. All right. Well, with that being said, better not mess up this first question. So Seriously. the the first question that came in uh, is something along the lines of this. Um, when we, because Randy was talking yesterday about, uh, he went to First Corinthians chapter five as he was talking about uh, not being judgmental to outsiders. Uh, we were talking about John the Baptist and how mm-hmm. uh, he went, and the message that he brought to Herod was offensive and he ended up killing him. And so yeah. the question then was raised: you know, how do we walk the line or reconcile? proclaiming a message that is judgmental in and of itself um, compared to like what if you were to go up to somebody and say repent for mm-hmm. the kingdom of God is at hand and they were to say to you who are you to judge me uh, how do you reconcile those two things was more or less the question yeah um, does that make sense yeah it does make sense and it is it is tricky now the, the really tricky part for us is we didn't spend time mulling over the sermon for right randy eight, is not here eight to ten hours so bear with us uh we're going to do our best um but yeah so again the question is how do we not be judgmental when our message is inherently judgmental essentially right. so right um yeah paul says you don't there's no need to judge outsiders god's going to do that so um one initial thought is we the message is is judgmental or offensive but we're not the ones who are we're not the judge um we're we're the messenger um and so i just think there's something there that um you have to go about it in a way that is um not judgmental i mean i think you can bring a judgmental message like repent and yeah. do it in a way that's not doesn't come across as being judgmental, even though 
inherently it kind of is. Right. So that's a quick thought. Yeah. And I think that goes along with what I was saying about the fact that like the message in and of itself condemns us as sinners. So it can come across as judgmental or condemning Mm -hmm. in that aspect. Uh, But at the same time, I mean, there's multiple examples throughout Scripture. The first ones that come to mind is Matthew 28, the Great Commission, where we're like, we're called to go uh, and proclaim the things Jesus taught. And so we are called to proclaim this message. And again, I think there's a loving way to do it. Mm -hmm. There's definitely a loving way to do it. That doesn't mean um, that it's what people want to hear. Um, Yeah, I mean, inherently, it's loving because it's truth. And the truth isn't always going to be well-received. Um, you know, if I told you about some character flaw of yours that was obvious to everybody except for you, yeah, you might get offended by that. But at the end of the day, I'm doing it for your good, you know, or right. vice versa. And um, so there's yeah. inherently, I think, love in the truth, um, but it it may or may not be received that way. Um, the other other thought. I had yesterday during the sermon, this is would be one for Randy to feel maybe, but yeah. um, Jesus's message is the exact same one as, um, as John the Baptist, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. But I wonder if there's, if there's more to it than just that. Um, is Jesus saying more than those, you know, nine or 10 words there, or is, is that it? And, and part of me feels like Matthew's selecting, um, kind of the, the core, the the center of his message, and, and that's what he's recording for us. There's times when, you know, going in Matthew chapter 5 through 7, where we're going to get, you know, a full-blown, you know, kind of expository, not expository, but a yeah, full-blown this, message, right, sermon. Yeah. Um, and right here, we're just getting a handful of words. And the two, uh, the two main thoughts in this message are, one, repent, turn, yeah. So there, I think it's implied there that there's sin that the audience, ourselves, humanity right. needs to turn from. Yep. And two, the kingdom of heaven is coming soon. It's at hand. It's close. And this, this good news of a new kingdom is one that we want to be citizens of. But to be a citizen of it, we need to turn, we need to turn from our sin and repent of it. Um, and so I... Uh, this is just me thinking off, you know, off the cuff a little bit, but I'm imagining Jesus said more than those those words. Right. But this is the message at the center of it. So I, if I asked anyone to sum up Randy's sermon yesterday, they could do it in a sentence, you know, because yeah, all you, know, you have to know is that. or whatever. Yeah, you could you could sum it up in words. But he right. gave us, you know, with the kidney stone, fifty plus minutes. <laughs> he just can't help himself. <laughs> Uh, a kidney stone ain't gonna stop that guy. That's right. Um, so you know, you, you could take fifty minutes and condense yeah. it down into uh, a few words. Saying. And so okay. I, I wonder too, like, um, there's a way to take the message that we are to take to the world. Um, it's going to be, I think, offensive, abrasive, just inherently. But at the same time, there's there's a way to do it in. Uh, uh, how's Paul say to do it in like a uh, season with salt? Yeah, season with salt in a winsome kind Peter. of a way. Yeah. Yes, know? yes, yes. I know what you're talking about. Uh, I think it's First Corinthians. Yeah, I'm gonna guess three somewhere there. You're right. Anyway, yeah. Um, 
What'd you say? You were right earlier today with your reference. Yeah. I First Corinthians. Right. I got one right. Uh, so yeah. So I just think, I wonder myself, uh, when I'm, the message that I'm taking, um, it doesn't need to be more than that, but it, it can be yeah. more than that. I don't know what Randy would think about that. Yeah. That'd be a question for Randy. What would you think? You're in his seat. Does yeah. any of that wisdom come up through the chair? I feel a little bit. Okay. Actually, I'm going to try and do tingling? something. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Light bulb movements left and right. So I am actually going to try and do something here okay. and uh, compare it to or take that question and kind of understand it through what Randy was saying later in the sermon about suppressing the truth. Mm-hmm. And I think this works out in the fact that um, maybe the person who was saying, who are you to judge me? You know, what if they're just doing that as a way to suppress the truth? Because as we read in Romans chapter mm-hmm. one, all of us know, um, all of us have knowledge of the Lord and willingly suppress the truth. And that's something I was telling Jonathan, I in apologetics class in college, the professor really hit on that Romans chapter one, verses 18, mm-hmm. suppressing the truth. And so what if that question is just a result of somebody suppressing the truth? I suppose that's possible. I, to me, it would sound like a, uh, um, like a, like a morally high ground kind of suppression where, you know, who are you to judge me? I've right. got my own set of ethics and standards and morality and you can't, you can't judge me. So that would be a suppressing of the truth. Uh, to keep some kind of a distance, to not let that message affect, affect you or get right, to you. You're going right. to keep pushing it. The way I'm visualizing it in my mind is pushing it down, keep yeah. it from coming to the surface. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that's good. Yeah, that's um, thought. Yeah, that was, I, I made a note here yesterday just about how dangerous suppressing the truth is. Yep. Um, and I just think if we suppress the truth or if someone suppresses the truth often enough, Hmm. they almost start like they grow cold to it or callous to it. And just how dangerous of a a spiritual condition that is. And I'm just going to say, it's not something that as a believer we're like immune to where Hmm. we can feel or we can sense the spirit urging us in a direction. But if you continue to suppress it, and keep it down and eventually it's you know he's gonna like in romans one have it your way right you don't want my way which is good for you that's fine go ahead have it what have it your way and uh see what happens yep give you over to give you over to the desires of your heart Mm-hmm. yep yeah that's uh it's not a good good place to be yeah it's a bad bad exchange uh, yeah no good um Along the same lines there of suppressing the truth, that that was the thing that I really marked down that I just find really interesting. And just to go back to that apologetics class I was talking about earlier, mm-hmm. uh, was the professor in that class, when we were learning about the uh, basics of apologetics and sharing your faith with others, uh, he really hit on Romans chapter 1, verses 18 and through the rest of the chapter. But uh, the, the way he used that was to help us understand that when we have a spiritual conversation with somebody, it's not like we're speaking something they've never heard, metaphorically speaking, for say, uh, they might have never heard it. Uh, but along the same lines, what I'm getting at here and what the professor was getting at was the fact that they're having a conversation with God daily uh, and they're choosing yeah. to suppress the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we have those conversations with them, we're joining a 
two-way conversation already uh, between them and God. And so the the challenge that he gave us, all that to say, is we were challenged to identify through conversations ways in which people are suppressing the truth, like unbelievers are suppressing the truth. Like what are ways that unbelievers suppress the truth? And I think that the question could be applied to believers as well. Like what are maybe some blocks for us that cause us to suppress the truth that we know to be true? Mm -hmm. Um, But either way, that was fascinating, that conversation. Yeah. Did you, sorry, my mind's going in two different directions. Did you just ask a question? Like what are some... I didn't ask a question. I was just making a statement. What are some ways? Yeah. yeah. Well, I think let's pretend you asked the question. Yeah. Well, um, the, okay, here we go. The professor asked us that question. Oh, uh, what are he some? He challenged us to, I guess he didn't really ask us that question. It was more like when you're having conversations with somebody, mm-hmm. the goal of the, the goal of the beginning of your conversation is to help identify through that conversation. What are ways that they are suppressing the truth? And they might be telling a story of like, you know, my, you know, grandmother died or my mom died when I was really young. And so they go on to tell, you know, the backstory and you can put the pieces together of, oh, you know, it's like this hurt, how, you know, they're suppressing the truth of, I can't believe a God who would allow something like this to happen. Yeah. That's kind of where I was going with it. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, And yeah, there's all kinds of ways that people are going to keep that message at arm's length. Um, You know, a hurt from the past, like the example you just gave, or um, just ignoring it or, dulling it over with other worldly things um, that keep you from actually being honest with with yourself and everything that Romans 1 lays out for you. Um, yeah, moral excuses like, well, I'm, I'm good enough anyway. I don't, I don't, right. need, I don't need Jesus. Um, yeah, suppressing the truth. It's, uh, it's a bad place. Yeah, bad and place I was... Dangerous. Right, and I think other examples that could play into that would be, I know like when we were talking before this, we were talking, what was it? Like money could be, or just like the the things of this world could be ways that people seek to suppress the truth or satisfy themselves uh, through what this world has to offer. Mm -hmm. Money, sports, fame, popularity, all those things could just be ways that you could see people like choosing to suppress the truth. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah. And I think coming away from yesterday too, feeling like the encouragement, the challenge to take that gospel message, to repent, however you want to frame it. I I also, I'd be curious Randy's take, although I think I know his answer. We don't need to use those same eight to 10 words that Jesus used. There's other ways to explain the good news of Jesus rather than just those eight words. So um so share share the gospel, share the good news about Jesus, and uh, and do what Jesus did in the way that he has you know helped allowed you to understand it and proclaim it too. Um, but I think the one encouraging part that came away from yesterday uh, for me a challenge was to do it and then remember that the pressure's not on you because yeah. it's. God's going to give them ears to hear. Yeah. Um, and so if they are going to stay in a darkened state, in a darkened place spiritually, that's there's nothing that you or I or anyone at uh, Calvary can do about it. But it's our job to just share the message. And it does take the pressure off a little bit. Right. Um, because we don't have to have the right words to say necessarily. Yeah. And I, I think I told Randy this in a past episode 
um, but I'll remind everyone else and you. One of my worst gospel presentations ever in high school was effective. And I look back on it now thinking, oh my word, that was such a terrible way to bring someone to the faith. But they trusted Christ for the forgiveness of their sins and they're living and serving the Lord right now. And so it's like, it's such an encouragement Mm -hmm. uh, to know that God can take our feeble attempts at proclaiming the good news and use them. And we've just, uh, I think Randy's challenge yesterday was don't, the, the friendship zone of evangelism i don't don't want to poo-poo that i i that's where i'm more comfortable personally i'm not comfortable being the guy there on the street corner holding up the repent sign (laughs) right um you would look good with that beard though (laughs) (laughs) i doubt it um don't tell rebecca um so yeah i i i want to pursue you know evangelism in my friendships but i can't I can't just stay there. I want to get out of that friendship evangelism zone hmm. and take this somewhat, it's got to be an offensive message yeah. to them and then hope and pray that God calls them. Yep. So. I actually remember that podcast you were talking about. Okay. No, I don't. I have no idea which one you're talking about, Come but on. I do. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I do remember you that lie. story before though. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. Um, <laughs> last time I'm ever on the podcast. Uh, so... Just to go back to what you were saying, uh, I think that was one of the biggest takeaways for me was the fact mm-hmm. that even though this gospel message that we are to proclaim might be offensive or or is offensive in nature, uh, that is what we're called to proclaim. Um, we are called to, as what was it, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, uh, Paul says, mm-hmm. we proclaim Christ crucified. So that's the, that's the message we have yeah. to, to go and share to our neighbors and our nations. Mm-hmm. That's the the challenge Randy gave us yesterday as well. So yeah, disciple making, and we're really in that section of Matthew where that particular core value, disciple making, is going to keep coming up. Um, especially going into next week, we're not sure if Randy or I am going to preach, but either way, I think we'll be in Matthew chapter five, where Jesus calls his first disciples, and he says, "Follow me, mm-hmm. do what I do." Yeah, and so we take the same message that Jesus took. And uh, we've got to do it in the way that he's gifted us to do it. But regardless, we were called to follow him. So um, in making disciples. And yep. that's, yeah. What's, how's the the kind of the catchphrase go again? The core value? Yeah. We are new creations going to our neighbors and nations. Ding, ding, ding. ding I got ding. it. All right. Yep. All right. Better have. I helped you write You've yourself a free joke at <laughs> yeah, the right. podcast. <laughs> Good deal. Is there anything else you want to say? No, I think I know that we're was it. time. I don't want to. Yeah, no, I think we're doing good. I think just in summary, you know, coming coming away from yesterday, I was thinking to myself, okay, here's Jesus' message again to repent. I want to repent myself daily, give those things over to the Lord and ask him to forgive me, and then call others to do the same. I'm thankful for the work he's done in my life. It has been a blessing in more ways than I could have ever imagined. Um, I'm looking forward to the blessings ahead. Uh, and just the life of following Jesus. And then I want to do just that. I want to follow him. I want to make disciples because yeah. that's what he's called yep. all of us to. Yep, that's so. good. I think my closing thoughts would be the fact that we as Christians are called to go and share this gospel message with others because it could be easy for me to be like, oh, well, I'm not as gifted evangelistic wise as other people. Like there's just mm-hmm. one friend in particular who I have who just – 
as long as I've known him, has just been very natural at being outspoken about his faith. Yeah. And I was like, man, I wish I could have that, but that doesn't excuse me to not go and share my faith with others. And I was challenged during uh, this past sermon that I am to be going on sharing the good news of Jesus to to those around me. Yeah, the lost um, world. Yeah, to the lost world. Uh, because the world needs Jesus. Doesn't need Austin or Jonathan. Uh, needs Jesus. So, yeah, needs Jesus through yep, us. And it would be, it'd be a lie to believe that it doesn't or that our neighbor doesn't need to hear about Jesus because uh, the the world is, is lost and looking for um, the answer, and we have that in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, agreed. Good. Yeah, those are my closing thoughts. All you right. Anything you want to say? Awesome. Uh, where do you find a cow with no legs? Oh, that's right. This is the joke. Uh, cow with no legs. Swaggered Farms. No. Just kidding. Go ahead. You find it wherever you left it. <laughs> oh, my. That's terrible. That's so bad. Your you jokes are so that. bad. You guys can use that that's one. Not even, I don't even know why I listen anymore. Ah, uh, yes. He's going to use that. And when he does, <laughs> he's going to have to just eat it. Yeah, I'll cite you for that one because I don't want any credit for that All right. One. We love you. That's right. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week. We'll see you Sunday. Thanks again for joining us on today's episode. And remember, our Sunday sermons are meant to lead us to a life of worship beyond Sunday.